Hello and welcome to another episode of the Utah Statesman Sports Desk Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thanks for listening. Fall camp concludes. The quarterback battle rages on. And with the somewhat humiliating odds placed on Utah State's season this past week, what can we reasonably expect from this team and what can we hope for? I'm your host, Parker Ballantyne. Joining me today is nobody because Jacob Nielsen could not make it. So bear with me uh, and be patient while he's away and we will get through this the best we can. Thanks again uh, in advance for being patient with me while I fumble through this on my own. Fall camp concludes today, uh, Thursday the 26th of August. And we held our second and final scrimmage just last Saturday. Do we have any more clarity on the quarterback position? Uh, Do we have any more clarity on uh, anything going on on that team? We will talk about what we know and what we don't. Before we get into our own college football, let's check in with Jordan Love at the professional level. He was finally cleared to play. Uh, rejoined his team on Monday and uh, was not able to play uh, the preseason game against the New York Jets, which would have been fun because there he would have uh, faced up against former BYU player Zach Wilson. Uh, so uh, that would have been a fun, uh, fun game locally. But it does look like it does look like the Packers have their mind set up, uh, set on Jordan Love backing up Aaron Rodgers. Doesn't look like there's much that can change their mind there. Head coach Matt Lafleur says, "I don't want to ever anoint somebody. We're always in constant competition, but clearly, I think Jordan's done enough throughout practices where we feel comfortable where he would be the number two. Unfortunately, not all quarterback battles can be that simple. And here at Utah State right now, we are in the middle of one that." is not quite as cut and dry. So let's take a look at how our boys did on Saturday in the scrimmage. Uh, Once again, Utah State did play three quarterbacks, Logan Bonner, Andrew Peasley, and Cooper Lega. And let's take a look at some of their stats and how they did. So one thing that did stand out about uh, the quarterback battle this week is that it seemed that at least going into the game or uh, at some point in the way they were running the scrimmage, it did seem that they were trying to get Logan Bonner as many snaps as possible. He did take the lion's share of the plays this week, which two weeks ago was not the case. All three quarterbacks kind of shared and had had a lot of snaps. So this uh, this week, Logan Bonner went 14 for 25 uh, for 194 yards with two touchdowns. Uh, Andrew Peasley was 7 of 14 for 38 yards and a touchdown. And Cooper Lega was 3 of 7 with 76 yards and one touchdown. So as you can see, Bonner clearly taking the most snaps and throwing the most balls um, this week over Andrew Peasley and Cooper Lega. But none of them, none of the guys looked really, really good. I mean, you can see there with Cooper's 14 of 25, that's not great. 194 yards with two touchdowns is good. Uh, They were running a lot more uh, red zone uh, offense, and they did let them go deep a a little bit more this week than they did 
uh, in the first scrimmage, which was really fun to watch. Cooper Lega had a great ball to Kyle Van Leeuwen, who we will talk about more later, of course. And Peasley had some great throws as well. Overall, though, it does look like Logan Bonner is continuing to separate himself from the other two quarterbacks there. Um, it just wasn't as convincing as I think a lot of us would have loved to see. I was at the scrimmage. I was actually with a couple of uh, people I know in the athletics department. We were up in the in the press box watching the game, and one of my buddies that was there, it was his first time seeing Logan Bonner play because Logan Bonner was uh, injured all through spring and did not get to play, and uh, my friend couldn't make it up to this first spring game. So he had... Throughout the entire scrimmage, different people from the athletic department coming over and just kept talking about how good Logan Bonner is, and he was generating a lot of hype. So there's a ton of energy around Logan Bonner, but overall, the uh, the offense, the quarterback position was a little bit lackluster on Saturday. I'm glad that Logan Bonner's getting a lot of snaps because I do think he is the guy. I think he's a starting quarterback come week one against Washington State. And so I'm glad to see that they're trying to get him as many snaps as possible because he's definitely, uh, he's still playing in a way that you can tell he missed spring ball. you got to get him those reps. In my opinion, you got to get him as many reps as possible. And if he's earned that spot, he has to be getting be getting those reps. If it's still a battle, then, you know, that's something that the coaches can, can definitely deal with. But it looks to me like it is Logan Bonner. And at this point, I would honestly say that the second string quarterback is probably more up for grabs between Andrew Peasley and Cooper Lega, more so than the starting quarterback is up for grabs between Logan Bonner and Andrew Peasley. But he he is starting to separate himself. And frankly, he's he's separating himself against what is shaping up to be a really elite Aggie defense. So we'll see how that looks when it's against an actual opponent rather than his own team just on the other side of the ball. But the Aggie defense has looked really, really good. Logan Bonner, as well as the other uh, the other quarterbacks, have played pretty well against them. Um, let's look at some of the other positions that played well. The MVP of the second scrimmage was certainly Kyle Van Leeuwen, and it wasn't close. Kyle stood out. He caught four passes for 81 yards, including three touchdowns. Um, I think he actually caught one touchdown from each quarterback, if I remember right. But he looked so good all game. He was uh, he was making the right play. He was catching the ball and was able to generate yards after catching the ball, after being hit. So he, he looked really, really good. Other than that, the offense was... Uh, nothing special. Coach Blake Anderson did talk about it a little bit after the game. He said, offensively, we were sloppy with our snaps and sloppy with our penalties, and we had a couple of drops. The good thing is we didn't turn the ball over like we did a week ago, and you have a chance to stay in games if you protect the ball. So Coach Anderson just kind of acknowledging there that the offense is still not quite as crisp as we'd like them to be this close to week one, especially week one against a pretty good opponent in Washington State. But we'll see how we'll see how that kind of shakes out. One other thing that Coach Blake Anderson did mention is that the guys were really tired. They just came off of a brutal, brutal fall camp. Coach Anderson said they look tired because they are tired, and he's been working them. He's been working the guys really, really hard. So it it's kind of it's honestly a good thing when you see that they are pretty tired because it means they've been working hard. So hopefully they can get rested up. 
We have just one week and two days until college football starts for Utah State. Defensively, as I've kind of mentioned a little bit, uh, Utah State really shined. Um, They created one turnover on a fumble recovery and added four sacks, 16 tackles for a loss, and eight pass breakups in the scrimmage on Saturday, which is really good for you know what they were what they were doing on Saturday in that scrimmage. The defense looks really, really good. One thing, Coach Bonda made a joke about Kyle Van Leeuwen after the game. Coach Bonda said, I don't know how to stop that kid. I saw, you know, some people on Twitter maybe getting a little bit panicky. Clearly, Coach Bonda was joking and hyping up a, a kid on the other side of the ball. There's no reason to be worried. There's there's no reason to worry about the Aggie defense. Clearly, Coach Bonda was kidding. He knows how to res- stop a receiver, even if it's a good receiver like Kyle Van Leeuwen. Don't be worried about the defense. Uh, Coach Bonda has a great, great system going there. And you can see with the defense, you really can tell with that shoulder leverage tackling that Coach Bonda has tried to institute you can you can see a difference these guys just aren't missing tackles tackles aren't getting broken you know these guys are wrapping up they're not just trying to push people out of bounds they're not just trying to push people down Uh, they're really wrapping up and bringing guys down which is great uh, because that's how you stop the football from moving down the field when you're on defense so the defense looks really really good Uh, Justin Rice again uh, looked good Dominic Tatum looked good Hunter Reynolds from Michigan looked really good Monty McGarry looked really good and of course Shaq Bond and Patrick Joyner both looked really really good so the uh, the defense is looking super crisp coach Anderson said about the defense we played well early. We didn't do a great job in a couple of situations. Our goal line was poor, and we need to get the offense off the field in the four-minute drill, but we finished with a good two-minute stop. That that two-minute stop that he's talking about to close the scrimmage was so cool. Uh, such a high-energy play. Uh, the defense was able to stop the offense, and they were I mean, they were bringing it. They were hyped up and ready to go. So they, they did look really good. Other than that, though, uh, not a whole lot that I want to mention or go over about fall camp. Um, the other than you know the the quarterback battle still going strong, uh, it does look like it's leaning towards Bonner. The receiving core looks pretty deep and pretty good, and the defense has continued to to shine. Um, particularly the defensive line looks really really good. Uh, Jacob might have more to add on that once he gets back, um, but for now that is just about all I want to go over on fall camp. Oh, um, Byron Vons as well was not in a boot. He did not play, but he wasn't in a boot anymore, uh, which is good. Byron Vons is one of the few guys on the team that has definitely earned his spot, definitely deserves his spot. So not a huge concern that Byron hasn't been playing. You know, he was moving around just fine without a boot. It sounds like he still is on pace to be ready to go by week one. So I do want to talk a little bit about some of the concerns that you guys have had, some concerns that have been expressed to me. Uh, so I want to go over some of those. Thank you to anyone who has participated by giving us feedback, either on Twitter or, you know, texting or, or whatever. If you if you know me or Jacob personally, definitely get us uh, all the feedback you have. Hit us up. If not, definitely hit us up on Twitter if you have ideas for what you want to hear on the show or questions about Aggie sports. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, it helps us know what you guys want to hear, and then we can uh, we can give you guys the content you want. So some of the concerns that have been expressed to me, one is right back into that quarterback battle. So let's, let's dive a little bit more into that outside of the context of fall camp. 
and just what that is looking like. The question that was was asked to me, or the concern, I guess, is because of Logan Bonner and Andrew Peasley's massive differences in play style, does the fact that there hasn't been a decision yet mean that the coaches at Utah State don't even know what kind of system they're going to run on offense? And could that be indicative of more confusion or uh, less clarity on the offensive end than we are realizing? Yeah, it's it's possible. It's definitely it's definitely not a concern I had independently of this being brought up to me. But it's a concern. It's there, right? You never know what's going on in coaches' heads. We do our best to talk to them and interview them, and uh, you know, go to all the scrimmages and games that we can. But we only have so much. So yeah, it's it's a it's definitely a concern. But the the three quarterbacks that have played all look to be able to run the system that they were running and do it pretty well. And really they've they've all shown that they can play fast, they can run a no huddle offense and really march down the field without a huddle like the defense isn't even there. Kind of reminiscent to that 2018 Utah State team where they would just march right down the field, no slowing down, no stopping, no huddles. All three quarterbacks do seem capable of doing that. But there is the fact that Logan Bonner and Cooper Laga a little bit as well are both uh, more traditional pocket passers. And Andrew Peasley has great, great legs and is pretty quick to run. And as, you know, maybe has an arm that's not quite as good as the other two, but adds another element of strength in his legs where he can he can run the ball if he has to and he can do so very effectively so in terms of what that does to the coaching or what it means if they haven't decided on a quarterback have they decided on an offensive system and a spread and all those things uh like i said i i don't know that i would be too concerned about it definitely something to watch uh, especially as we've mentioned in, in the past, it's especially something to watch if you see a scenario where Logan Bonner is the starting quarterback and you see plays uh, or sequences where Logan is pulled and we put Andrew Peasley in just to shake things up a little bit because they are so different and their their capabilities and weaknesses are so different. So it can be it can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing depending on coaching. The coaching staff that we have right now are total, total pros. They are really good at what they do. So I wouldn't be worried. But yeah, that's a great, it's a great point. I have kind of wanted this whole time, I had really hoped that we could have get, gotten a, a real definitive uh, starting quarterback set up and ready to go so that we could get that system around that quarterback built and get it a lot of reps going into fall camp. That's not what we had this year. But it's no reason to worry. Um and going along with that, the off, you know the other guys on offense, the receiving core and the running backs are all really talented as well. They should be able to adjust on the fly to a slightly different offensive scheme depending on who the quarterback is. That being said, you don't want to be mixing things up too much in the middle of the season or right before game one unless that's part of the plan, like unless it's part of the system to have you know, multiple quarterbacks shaking it up. I don't think that's what we're going to see. So you really uh, you really don't want to see too much change. You really want to get that figured out. So that was a great question. Another concern I had, I saw this one on social media, and uh, this person says, I just hope this coaching staff doesn't make the same mistakes as the last starting players just because of name. This person was talking about uh, the different quarterbacks on the team, um, specifically talking about how uh, this person uh, thinks that 
Logan Bonner looked weak, uh, a little bit weak, and that Pease uh, looked like he had more weapons and, and looked a little bit better. Um, and then an obvious reference to Coach Anderson, uh, Coach Gary Anderson's team last year, and the situation with Henry Columbi and Jason Shelley, where Gary Anderson brought in Jason Shelley and kind of ran Henry Columbi off, and Jason Shelley was a starter. This situation, to me, is, is nowhere near the situation that we had last year. Um, it's it's a very valid concern, absolutely, because we saw the damage that it can do to a team when you have uh, major issues like that going on behind the scenes or in the locker room. So yeah, definitely a major concern. Uh, you know, there's definitely a reason to be worried about something like that happening. Um, but I really don't see it happening this year. This this coaching staff and this uh, roster looks and feels so different than last year. I, I really don't see that happening. The coaches have been clear that they just want the best player to start. The players have been clear that they just want the best player to start. These The, the players want to win as much as we want them to win and maybe more. I mean, the, the players definitely don't want to lose. So they want the best player to start. And of course, they want that best player to be themselves. But they, uh, I, I just get the sense that everyone on this team has really bought into the program. Uh, no one feels too big for the program. No one feels too good for the program. Uh, and that goes from the head coach, Blake Anderson, all the way down to the uh, the walk on back up. Every everyone really seems to be bought in. So I, I don't I don't really see that happening. But it is you know like I said it is it is a valid concern. And I think there's something to that where uh, the coach definitely has to do what is in the best interest of the team and what the coach feels is best. But there's also an aspect and an element of keeping the locker room and making sure everybody else is satisfied with those decisions. And I don't think that means making the decisions that the players want or, you know, putting everything up to a vote in the locker room. But I do think it might cause problems if Bonner or Peasley really fails to separate themselves and it could go either way if the coaches make one call and some of the players think it should have gone the other way. Yeah, there, there could be issues there. There could be chemistry issues there. So that's just another reason I was hoping all fall that one of the quarterbacks would really, really take leaps and bounds and get ahead of the other two. I still kind of think Bonner was able to do that, but uh, the criticisms of, of Logan Bonner are there and they are valid. He did look shaky at times and he did make some bad throws. So again, I, I don't see it happening, but it is a concern. It is, I guess, possible. It could be catastrophic. I don't think it's going to happen for the reasons I, I laid out. But yeah, I, I mean, it would have been nice if we could have avoided this by one player or the other really becoming the guy but i wouldn't uh i wouldn't hold your breath on that one happening this this team is just so much more cohesive and this uh coaching staff is really on top of things and they uh, uh they have a, a high level of buy-in to the program from all the players on the team another concern that uh, gets brought up to me quite a bit it's one that we've been pretty open about on the show is the lack of depth on that offensive line that's tough yeah that's that's a valid concern that one is you know that one's definitely true uh, we do lack some depth up front on offense, and yeah, that has a direct correlation. Uh, it's directly tied with the quarterback battle that's going on because that front line really has to be able to protect the quarterback, give him time to get comfortable in the pocket. So they, they really have to be stronger than they have been. I, I haven't been too terribly disappointed in their performance just because I, I really think the defensive line that they've been up against is really good. But yeah, that could be a concern if they can't, they can't buy the quarterback some time, whether it's Bonner, Peasley, uh, Liga. If they can't buy the quarterback time, that's a problem. So hopefully they can get that fixed. Hopefully they can 
Uh, hopefully they're a little bit better than we've been giving them credit for all season long or all summer long. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they look like. But, yeah, a valid concern. Uh, a number of you guys have reached out to me concerned about the depth of the offensive line. And, yeah, that one's that totally valid. And hopefully they can at least get some uh, – ho- hopefully have enough depth to hold off some of those Mountain West defensive lines, create time for the, the quarterback. And one thing we haven't talked a lot about is the our, our running backs um, – who I think are really, really talented. I think we have a lot of great running backs on the team, so hopefully they can create some holes for them and help generate some yardage on the ground as well as in the air. One um, one other thing a lot of people who have been um, complaining to me about, uh, asking about, is the dismissive nature of a lot of the uh, national or regional media. You know, people people ask me and complain about why people are so dismissive of Utah State, uh, why they are so quick to write off Utah State, and Blake Anderson, uh, often citing that he's brought in Power 5 transfers and things like that. Um, honestly, it doesn't matter. I mean, we were we were 1-5 in five last year uh, and had to completely clean house with our coach and quarterback. Last year was kind of an embarrassing season. So, I mean, what do you expect? We're, we're going to have a great season this year, and I think this team is going to force people to pay attention to us. But, I mean, I, I don't get the complaint like, if you want solid Aggie content, tune into the Sports Desk every week right here. Um, no need to go to ESPN to look for uh, gratification about our, our Utah State Aggies team. Um, maybe if we go uh, punch Washington State in the mouth and win by a couple scores there, we can get people talking. But until then, it really doesn't matter. So just, yeah, one thing there, people are, are constantly asking me about, you know, wh- why do you think uh, – you know, why do you think national media is so quick to dismiss Utah State? Uh, it's because we were one of the worst teams in college football last year, and we have a, a fairly small program. And, you know, that doesn't mean we can't be successful. It doesn't mean we can't cheer for our Aggies, but stop looking at national media for, for gratification about Utah State, and you'll be fine. Also, if it, if it bothers you that much, feel free to donate to the program. You know, Utah State has a, it has a phenomenal program with phenomenal leadership. And they're always looking for ways to expand and grow. And they need a little bit of cash to do that. So if it bugs you, just donate and come to games. And we're, we're going to have a great season and we're going to be fine. So um, I don't have much else to say about, about that one. And then I, I think the last football-related concern that I want to go over is a lot of people have mentioned the lack of run games shown off in the scrimmages, asking if that's uh, if that's an issue, if that's uh, indicative of our coaches not trusting our running backs or things like that. I personally don't think that's what... I don't. I don't think that's the case. Again, like I don't have insider information on this. I, don't, I haven't talked to the coaches or any of the players about this. But I personally think our running back situation is pretty good. I think there's a lot of promising guys back there. What I think the reason for that is is we have a really really hot quarterback battle, and I think the coaches wanted to give the quarterbacks as many passing plays downfield as they could, so they could get that situation figured out, get the quarterbacks some reps. Um, and really be able to get a get a feel for what they can do in terms of throwing the ball. So I, I don't think the lack of running plays in the scrimmages means that there's going to be a lack of running plays in the season or that we don't have depth at the running back position. Because like I said, I think we do have some good running backs. I just don't know if that's what they wanted to focus on in the scrimmages. You only get two scrimmages, uh, so I think they just wanted to show off their quarterbacks. And even, even more than that, they wanted to get their quarterbacks reps throwing the ball uh, so they could figure out who's going to be the guy and then get that guy 
the the right amount of reps throwing downfield to his receivers and really work on that offensive line trying to get them to be able to get the quarterback time so that's what that's what I think is going on there Um, I I don't foresee any issues going on with the running back position at Utah State I think that's a strong group here so I think that just uh, just about does it for uh, the main things that have been kind of relayed to me that are, uh, you know, questions and concerns going into the season. If you have any more, like I said, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. Hit up Jacob on Twitter. Um, we are happy to try to answer any questions you uh, you guys might have. And with only, you know, a week and a couple days until kickoff, let's go ahead and get those questions answered. The last thing I really want to go over is, you know, get some reasonable expectations for this season. What can we expect from this team? What can we hope for from this team? Because quite frankly, sometimes it's hard for us as fans to really go into a season knowing what to expect and having having reasonable expectations about the team or the season. So let's talk a little bit about it. Uh, let's go a little bit through the schedule. Uh, talk about what a what the floor is and what the ceiling is on this team and, and just what to what to expect. We will be doing. Um, a full game-by-game breakdown next week. So definitely tune in for that. We're going to go through every game uh, and really talk specifics um, and details about what the record could look like and things like that. I'm not going to get too much into that today uh, because I just want to talk about really what the range of, you know, what's in the realm of possibility for this team this year um, before I get into, you know, before we get into a real, uh, real breakdown next week. So let's just talk about the schedule real quick. Let's run through it. So we are finally back to a full 12-game schedule, which is awesome. I'm so glad we're uh, we're back to normal in terms of what the what the schedule is going to look like. Uh, we start week one, as we've talked about a lot. Um, we start wa- week one at Wazoo, and then we come home and play North Dakota uh, at home. That should be a sellout. Then we play at Air Force. Uh, then we come back home, play Boise State and BYU. Both of those should be sellouts. Then we're at UNLV, at home against Colorado State, at home against Hawaii. And then we go to New Mexico to play New Mexico State. Uh, then we go to San Jose State. Then we are back home to play Wyoming. And then we travel to New Mexico again, this time to play the University of New Mexico. And that will be our final game of the season. Uh, the Mountain West Championship is December 4th, if we get there. Um so the first thing so the first thing I see when I look at that schedule and I and I really try to break down what what what's the what's the ceiling and what's the floor theoretically the ceiling is 12 and 0 they Utah State could go 12 and 0 and even if they do what does that mean what does an undefeated team look like with this schedule well you know for one thing I can say right now the college football playoff is out of question it's impossible not going to happen with this team. Utah State will not be uh, will not be playing in the college football playoff this year or probably anytime soon. So if we go, uh, if we start the season six and zero, if we, if we start the season six and zero with wins against Washington State, Boise State, and BYU, I don't want to hear anything about trying to get into the college football playoff. That's not the goal of this team. That doesn't. That's not what we're trying to do. It's not possible. You know that that's impossible. However. Could a New Year's Six Bowl be possible with this schedule? That one is a maybe. That that one's definitely possible, but I do think you have to go undefeated. Maybe one loss, depending on what some of those other teams do. Um, the out-of-conference schedule this year for the Aggies isn't outrageously easy, but it's not 
particularly hard either. Uh, Washington State is a good uh, good football team. Uh, they're in the Pac-12, but they are kind of projected to finish middle or bottom of the Pac-12. BYU has a lot of hype going into the season, but they did lose a lot of guys, so we really don't know how good BYU is going to be. They also have a really tough schedule. So those are two of our out-of-conference games. The other two are North Dakota and New Mexico State. Both of those uh, those, those games really don't add anything to the schedule in terms of strength of schedule. Uh, those should both be pretty easy wins. So we definitely don't have a tough enough schedule to even be in the conversation for a college football playoff. I don't know that we have a tough enough schedule to be really considered for a New Year's Bowl. We might, depending on what some of those other group of five teams do. Uh, but my guess is there's going to be somebody else out there more qualified, especially if we um, get you know one or two losses on this on this season, which would still be amazing, by the way. Um, again, the goal is not to play in a New Year's Six Bowl. The goal of this team is to win the Mountain West and play in a bowl game. That's all we want to do. It doesn't matter what bowl game. We just want to be playing in a bowl game. So um, I, I don't mean to sound like I would be disappointed with one or two losses and not playing in a BCS Bowl. I would be thrilled to only lose one or two games this season and play in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. I don't care. So that's kind of the ceiling. The, the very, very tippy-top ceiling would be playing in a New Year's Six Bowl. The floor is zero wins. Uh, that's the floor for any team in college football. In theory, any team could lose every single game. So the floor the floor is 0-12. We won't go 0-12. We also, I don't think we're going to go 12-0. I think when I look at this schedule, I see there's probably four wins, four losses, and, and your season is defined in those other four games. So the average, the average football team... Uh, the average Mountain West team would probably lose to Washington, beat North Dakota, don't know about Air Force, lose to Boise, lose to BYU, lose to UNLV, don't know about, or excuse me, beat UNLV, you don't know about Colorado State, probably beat Hawaii, beat New Mexico, uh, probably lose to San Jose, and then you don't know about Wyoming. Um, that's kind of in that range of average average teams, and then New Mexico, uh, you probably win that game. So... Uh, if this team is average, you're going to see four four wins, four losses, and then in those other four games, you're really going to see a season-defining effort because that's where that's where the season is going to be defined. Um, and those those four games, and for me, those four games are Air Force, Colorado State, San Jose State, Wyoming. Those are the four season-defining games for me. Those four games, in my opinion, are the difference between going. Eight and four, and four and eight. But even then, that is kind of assuming losses in Pullman and against BYU and Boise State, and wins against you know some of those some of those other teams like UNLV and the New Mexico teams. None of that's guaranteed, but that's just what I see when I look at this schedule: four wins, four losses, and the season will be defined in those other four games. But in theory, like I said, BYU is probably not going to be as good as people expect them to be. Boise State was good last year, as always. Um, Boise State is is always pretty good. Washington State might not be as good as people expect them to be just because they're in the Pac-12. Um, like I said, they are kind of projected to be uh, bottom half of the Pac-12. And then, of course, there's the, the, the chance that we lose games that we're supposed to win. You know, there's those two New Mexico teams. There's uh, North Dakota. Those, we kind of pencil them as in as wins, but anything can happen. So... Uh, you really don't know what what could happen with this team, but I think anywhere in the uh, four games to eight games is probably where we're going to end up, uh, or four wins to eight wins is probably where we're going to end up. 
And if you if you saw last week, the over under for Utah State's wins this season is three and a half. In in my opinion, like a pretty insulting line set there at three and a half. I see where they're coming from. Like I've I've mentioned before, Utah State's coming off a really, really bad season. But three and a half seems a bit low, especially with this schedule. I do see uh, I, I see an opportunity to uh, exceed expectations. And if that's the expectation set on this program that they're going to get three wins or even four wins, I'm pretty confident that we can exceed expectations. If you are expecting seven eight or nine wins, there's a good chance uh, those expectations will not be met or exceeded. So that's kind of that's kind of just where we're at as a program. Uh, we are, in my opinion, on the rise. We have a great coaching staff. They, they know how to recruit. They've already got a solid recruiting class for next year. So I do think we will be back in a position where we can start to expect to be bowl eligible every year the way we were basically throughout the entire 2010s. We're going to get back there. We're going to be able to expect eight wins a season, nine wins a season. It's going to be reasonable for us to expect to be playing in or competing for the Mountain West Championship game every year. But I, I just don't know that we're right there yet. Could we play in the Mountain West Championship game this year? Absolutely. That's the goal. Uh, Jacob and I had an opportunity couple weeks ago during our media days to talk to a lot of the players and that's kind of one of the questions we would ask is um you know we'd ask what are what are the goals for the team how high can this team go and that was like a common a common theme among all the players and coaches is they want to play in and win the mountain west championship game that's the goal and it's absolutely possible it's it's something that this team can accomplish but i we just have to have reasonable expectations if we win 6 games this season and we're bowl eligible that's a great season in my opinion that's you know it means we're taking a step in the right direction and then maybe next year we can come into the season expecting to be ranked at the end of the year or uh, be you know we can expect to be playing in the Mountain West Championship game or uh, and, or things like that but as of right now I think it's completely reasonable to expect four to eight wins for this team and maybe uh maybe a bowl game so yeah that's that's definitely something we can expect and hope for uh, in in this year and in the coming years so yeah that, I mean that's just where we're at as a program um, but don't don't get too complacent you know if we go into next season we're still expecting four wins that to me would be disappointing I want to be able to expect Five wins this season, eight wins next season, uh, and be able to continue on this trajectory up. So we're definitely in in the midst of a rebuild at Utah State, but I do think it's reasonable to expect, you know, hopefully a winning season or to go 500 or to be right around 500 this, this season, even though we're coming off such a bad year. I think we have the right guys in place, uh, both on the roster and the coaching staff. To where we can uh, we can see some immediate success. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna lose some games that we want to win this year. That, that's just part of football. That's just part of rebuilding. But I, I think it's important that we as a fan base know what to expect and, and kind of hope for. I mean, you can hope for whatever you want. You can hope for a BCS Bowl. You can hope for a, a New Year's Six Bowl. You can hope for a national championship. That's fine. Hope for whatever. But, yeah, for as far as uh, what you really want to expect, don't be disappointed if this team wins four games. Four games for this team after the season we had last year would be a huge win and a huge step in the right direction. We will get into a more in-depth preview of what this season is might look like we're going to go through every game next week so make sure you come back for that um before 
we uh, before we go, there is a little bit more news that we have about this uh, this team. It was announced this week that Utah State is scheduled to play Texas A&M in College Station to open up the 2025 season. We will be receiving a $1.65 million paycheck and have the opportunity to prove that we are the best Aggies in the country. So that, that should be awesome. Uh, SEC game in 2025 against Texas A&M. Should be should be fun. Plus, it's never a bad thing when our program can get a one point six five million dollar check. That's definitely a good thing and will help the program. But yeah, we we are here. We are in football season. It's week zero right now. College football is starting this week. We are so close yet so far away. We do have to wait all the way until next Saturday at nine p.m. So it is so far away still, but we're so close. It's college football season. The Aggies are back. We'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Sorry it was a mess with just me. Hopefully we get Jacob back soon and get back to normal. But thanks again for your patience. Thanks for tuning in. Go ahead and buy your tickets for the games. I've said it before. The first three games need to be sellouts. Like I clumsily stated last week, the home game opening up against North Dakota, Patriot Day. It's so much more than a football game. I think it's an important community event for us in this community and in this country. I really think that should be a sellout. Everyone should make a point to to be out there as a community. And then Boise State, BYU are obviously important games for this program and fun games for this program. So make sure you're buying those tickets and come out to those three games and then every single home game after it, really. Um, so go ahead, buy your tickets and share the show and come back next week. Thank you so much and goodbye.